I'm Ed Gross, and this is Voices from Krypton, where we speak superhero. The Terminator franchise has the tenacity of the Terminators themselves. Created in 1984 by writer-director James Cameron, its tale of humans battling their seemingly inevitable end at the hand of the machine has spawned no less than five big screen spin-offs, a television series, two web series, theme park attractions, video games, novels, and comic books. Beyond Arnold Albibach Schwarzenegger, at the center of the first two films is actress Linda Hamilton, who plays Sarah Connor, victim turned warrior. Sarah must protect her son, John, from Terminators arriving from the future out to kill both of them to prevent him from leading a revolution against AI intelligence Skynet. Well, after an absence of nearly 30 years, Linda is back as a very different Sarah Connor in Terminator Dark Fate, which has been released by Paramount Home Entertainment on digital, Blu-ray, and DVD. Linda joins us in conversation to reflect on what it's like to have stepped back into the franchise, her feelings about Sarah, and why the franchise has lasted as long as it has. And on top of that, she takes a brief look back at her fantasy television series from the 80s, Beauty and the Beast, one of the most unique takes on the story you're likely to find. Is it strange revisiting this world after so many years? Yes, definitely. Um, And it was a long process. You know, I mean, I think it was the idea was presented to me more than three years ago. And it took me a few weeks to jump on board and to really consider, you know, did I want to come back? Because I felt very complete with the first two. Oh, sure. And, um, you know, certainly never intended to go and play her again. I, you know, want to play every kind of woman, but then the fact that so much time had passed and that, uh, the, the, her situation has changed and she's no longer the (laughs) protector of John, but sort of the demigoddess of vengeance (laughs) on Terminator, (laughs) you know, (laughs) just made that up. Um, really sort of fired my imagination and curiosity about what I else I might have to say as Sarah Connor, something new. Right. And and what is it? I mean, in your mind, what was new that you wanted to say? Once you said, yes, I'm going to do this movie. Yes. I'm going to become her again. What was the new thing? What was, I mean, I don't know if it's a statement is the right word or not, but what was the thing you wanted to say as Sarah Connor in, in 2019, 2020? Right. Well, I'm not sure that I have a mission statement for Sarah, but what I wanted to do was to be as surprising, deep, fully fleshed out character in a new situation and at a certain age. Do you know? I mean, I uh, I just longed to play after a while, I mean, first you start out going, okay, what do I have to do to look like I was, to be who I was? And then within a number of months, that idea is shattered because <laughs> you have to have hormones to put muscle on. It's like you can work as hard and not get the same results. So there were a lot of processes working for me. Uh, you know, it's like, I'm old. Right. <laughs> I mean, that hits you. Sure, of course. And then sort of em- embrace all that. And say, well, there's nothing that I can do, but like work with that. I dyed my hair gray. I actually don't have gray hair, (laughs) but I dyed my hair gray so that, that people would immediately see that and go, whoa, that ain't your old Sarah Connor. That's your old Sarah Connor. (laughs) Then move on there. 
Right. You know, and then totally move on from there and create a woman that is of a certain age and real and strong and um, flexible and can move like a young woman and, you know, can be a different Sarah Connor, but she's no longer the fierce protector. She's just, you know, angry. Right. And so that, that offered a whole other set of, you know, very heavy acting chops because I just had to go there and I had to go there for a year beforehand to know how I wanted to play and what needed to come out. And it was dark and, you know, to really explore your greatest disappointments and guilt in life and then bring that up pretty much every day for six months. Yeah. So, um, all of that to all of that, I'm like, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that's good. That makes it exciting though. Right. Yep. You know, and and it, it's funny too because like so many actors, actresses, I mean, I think mostly of action heroes, guys like like I specifically Indiana Jones in the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, whatever the hell the thing was called. Harrison Ford acted like he was still indie from the nineteen eighties, and it was just like, wait a minute, <laughs> can you embrace your age a little bit? And and it's good if you. I think it's just so much more exciting to watch an actor embrace the age in terms of the character. And be freer and just like, do you know how much more tensile strength I have as Linda Hamilton at 63 than I did as Linda Hamilton at 33? Do you know, I, you get to a point where you go, I'm, I'm not what I was. I am so much more than I was. Mm -hmm. And then the, the chance to just strip myself of every kind of audience expectation and just go there yeah. is the most liberating to not be playing someone who's beautiful. It's so liberating for me. Right. Of course. You know? of course. Yeah. It's hard to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't envision you sitting there watching these things over and over again. Anyway, <laughs> no, sir. no, sir. I, I have seen it once and that was hard. Right. That's funny. Um, and that was, that was it. Fair enough. Well, a lot of actors share that, you know, they don't want to watch themselves on screen. Uh, Yeah. I also think it's funny that when, you know, back when the original Terminator and and, uh, T2 came out, you know, we had Sigourney Weaver, we had you, it was sort of this new statement on, on an action heroine, how a woman could be this, a woman could be that. And it, you know, it, it was there on and off throughout the years, but to come back now in this new environment where, you know, I mean, it's the aftermath of Me Too, and I'm not saying it's a Me Too thing, but it's the point is it triggered a whole new way of thinking, in a sense, I thought. And, yeah. you know, and I wonder how you feel about that stepping back in with all of that going on in the world now, how different it is from what it was like when you were like this, what the hell is this woman doing, <laughs> picking up a machine gun mm-hmm. and doing this? True. And now, um, you know, many wonderful, wonderful women have done the same since then. Uh, you know, I mean, there are, just think about Charlize and Fury Road and, you know, I mean, just uh, I, I was happy to be amongst the first. None of these things are things you're ever thinking about, you know, as you're per, as you're performing them right. in 1991. You know, do you think? Oh, I'm going to be an icon of the new female strength. I mean, I actually felt a little cheated that that was the only thing that got attention was the, you know, the shape of my body when that was just a small part of the work. That I had oh, done. sure. So let's, 
let's move on to the inside, shall we? Right. And I'm always a proponent of just, you know, I don't really see the outside and I don't pay attention to people's outsides. But that said, um, I couldn't escape hearing myself described that way as, you know, you were, you inspired me to work out and you, uh, da, 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 da. so I, I don't go naively into new territory, but if I have to be ascribed, you know, anything from this movie, you know, let me be, let me be the starter of the old is the new black kind of, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that would be fine for me. It's like, Oh my God, she's, she still kicks ass. Old as the new black. <laughs> I hadn't thought of it that way, but that's a good way to put it. You know, but it's true. It's and that's the other thing. People are embracing age. It seems a little bit more now than they had been in the past. Yeah, I just I'm like, why can't sixty be the new sixty? Right. <laughs> just be what you I are, kind of thing. Never. I have just never bought into the standard ideals of beauty. You know, skin is what. Um, 16% of our bodies, I believe. Like, let's talk about the other 84%. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, whether one of the films works at the box office, doesn't work at the box office, this franchise has gone on for a very long time. Why do you think people keep going back to it? I mean, what? I, I don't mean the studios, of course, want to make money. That's why they're doing it. But what do you think the fascination remains so many years later with the concept of Terminator? I think that the first film was mesmerizing in its originality and just the themes that no one had really explored before. And, um, you know, but it still remained a very tight sort of love story. A man comes from the future to protect the woman that's going to save mankind. You know, I mean, it, it had such scale, but still was a very sort of, stripped down love story with some fantastic visual effects. And then for it to grow into something so large second time around where all of those themes of humanity and what mankind is doing to itself and the AI or not the AI, but the robot sort of sacro. I mean, you know what I mean? It turned right. the world's thinking on it on its end. You, you've got the strong protagonist, and, um, you know, the same sort of themes that are now enlarged into something just it remains current. We do have to think about what we're inventing when we invent devices that do everything for us, that we don't have to stand up and turn off the lights now anymore. Oh, yeah. And what we're really doing is weakening our genome, you know, evolution and everything still supports the survival of the fittest and we are <laughs> turning ourselves into lazy, you know, <laughs> so um, I think a lot of those themes are still more, not even still, but are more important than ever. And um, in terms of this film, again, we, we did strip it down to a tale of, fewer characters. I think that was one of the flaws of some of the most recent ones is that it doesn't matter how great the visual effects are. If you've got too many characters and none of them are really given time to develop relationship, it's an empty experience. Right. And I think, and so what we really did try to do was sort of bring it back to relationship 
because it doesn't matter if a thousand people explode in that building if you don't know and care about one of them. Right. Absolutely. So, yeah. You also, your thing you brought up a minute ago about, about the, uh, us depending on technology more and more, nothing makes me crazier than watching commercials in which there's a, a woman in bed or a man, doesn't matter, man or woman is talking to Alexa, Alexa, turn on my lights, Alexa, do this, Alexa, do that, Alexa, do that. get off your ass and do it yourself. <laughs> it's like, ridiculous. It and is. It'll mean that our bodies become weaker and smaller and more flaccid. I swear to God, you know, there's a theory. I'm going to try to make this brief because this has nothing to do with anything. That When they talk about alien abductions and, and the, the classic picture of the alien with the huge eyes and the little flaccid bodies and the long fingers, that is us in the future. Come back to figure out where we went wrong. <laughs> we are make, evolution will give us long fingers, flaccid bodies, and large eyes to see the screens with. Fingers for keyboards. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. There is a really valid argument when you think they did publish a picture, evolutionists, of what mankind might look like a few years ago in our future. And we look a whole lot like those aliens that are abducting wow. us. <laughs> well. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And we thought Terminators were bad. <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> yeah. 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 So anyway, Sorry, off on a tangent. <laughs> that's fine though. No, hey, there's no problem with that. Hey, listen, one one thing I just I'm just curious what your feelings are about all these years later, and I'll let you go back to your life. Is do you have any still have warm memories of, or do you ignore? What is your feeling about Beauty and the Beast? Ah, uh, great, great, great memories. Love that show. Um, it did it did get a little repetitive at yeah. the end. You know what I mean when you're trying to please <clears throat> producers that just sort of have a success and want to sort of keep it going, you know, I'd be yeah. like, why can't Catherine get on top of that train and let him, let them laugh once. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Ron and I forged a great friendship and really there was some great production value and sort of human value in that show that I will always appreciate. Please subscribe to this podcast, tell your friends about us, and give us a five-star review. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll see you next time.